Welcome everybody to Narwhals episode 23. Feels good. My name's Drew Wilson. Kieran Flanagan, as always. And this is Garrett Marks. What's up, everybody? Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah, he Thank fl- you. he flew in from Zimbabwe. If I'm not <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I flew or drove in super far, five minutes away in Carlsbad. Yes, yes. So, um, Garrett, thanks for coming on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing? Yeah, my name is Garrett Marks, and um, from San Diego, California. And uh, yeah, I'm a filmmaker and um, direct and shoot commercials. And uh, when I have time, try to do short films and films. And um, sweet, yeah, you fit in. That's, we talk about this all the time. Yes. And you have worked with me before, haven't you? What? On all the Plasso videos. <laughs> if you all saw the Plasso videos, that's this guy right here. I was in one of those. Yes. That's where I met you. That's right. Drew, Drew and me go way back to um, Fire Rift. Fire, Fire Rift. Days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the commercial? He, he was actually the last remaining, that I know of, customer on Fire Rift up until last <laughs> year. <laughs> he was using Fire Rift to power his uh, website. <laughs> and you were charging him every month for a decade? Yeah. <laughs> We uh, made a commercial that really didn't have anything to do with the application at all, really. Right? Yep, I've seen yep. this commercial. Yep, <laughs> We've show noted this commercial before. Yeah. Episode three. Oh, really? I don't right. know about that. Okay. <laughs> Some episode. It is linked in the show notes. The Fire of commercial. Yeah, you, you all can go to fireof.com if you want to see some early work. And a lot of you listening probably have seen this video, uh, but it's super cool. And we went out to uh, the Salton Sea and filmed on some sand dunes. Which was really fun, but... Our cameras got so much dirt and dust and <laughs> the sand. <rentals>. <laughs> the <rentals laughs> I feel bad like whoever you rented that camera from. Sand. Oh, but it was it was great. There's a scene where myself and my brother. So I'm the bad. I'm the bad guy. I'm the competition to fire it. And my brother is fire it. And we're running at each other. And we boom hit each other right in the mid. Like it was perfect. Somehow we got it right as the sun was coming down. I think that was only our second take. And boom, got it perfectly. Uh, and it worked out. And it was every, there was nothing planned. We had no shots pre-planned. We just showed up at the desert like, let's just shoot some stuff. Just went for it. And we brought a ladder. We had a jib out there. <laughs> yeah, we it did. It actually, I mean, for back then, it actually, like, that was like, what, eight, nine years ago or yep. seven years and ago? And I, I hired somebody from Craigslist to be an um, assistant. <laughs> oh, that's right. I don't even Assistant think I, what? I just paid him the lunch. I think he just showed yeah. up. He just hung out. I yeah. paid him with the lunch. He just paid a dude he, to no, hang he out. he carried like the jibs and stuff, and he had to carry some weights around. Yeah. And then we killed him and left him out in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> He's buried with that ladder. <laughs> um, no, but no. then we hired, you hired a visual effects guy from Russia, which was... Uh, no, from Turkey. Or Turkey. Yeah. It, I was searching for people who knew how to do fire, because I wanted to take the fire, fire Rift logo and make it fire. And so I was like, someone's got it. Like, I can't just hire a 3 dr and be like, do fire. They have to like know how to do fire. So I searched YouTube. This is back in 2007, 2008. I searched YouTube and I was like just searching VFX test um, to try to find visual effects artists because that's what they label like their tests when they put them up. And I just looked for all the fire ones and found like the best dude and hit him up. He's like, how the heck did you find me? <laughs> and now he's in LA, right? Uh, somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure. Now he's a famous person. But he his goal in life was to do... Uh, like fire and those kind of effects, explosion effects for ILM. Like yeah. That's what he wanted. I'm sure he's Maybe he is. Yeah, yeah he's, he was super good. Maybe he's listening right now. What he did on the fire stuff looks <laughs> legit. Um, but we we go way back where I think when I was in high school, I was doing a um, 48-hour <laughs> film festival, and it was called like First Date or something mm-hmm. like that, and my sister was in it. 
and it was like literally me shooting it. And, um, I don't and you even had know. If, yeah, probably. Yeah. I had another guy shooting it with me and, um, my sister was friends with Drew and brought him as the other actor. And I, I literally met, I think I met you the day of the so. shoot. Yeah. Like we didn't yeah. even talk about it. Yeah. And, um, you were super prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was awesome. Yeah. I played, I played a nerd <laughs> horribly. <laughs> horribly. Oh I believe it. It's yeah. believable. Yeah. Yeah. So that was fun. So um, when you, uh, when you do, you said when you, f- when you find time, you like to do, some short films and stuff like are those your ideas or those your stories like where do you come up with that stuff yeah i think i think like i'll have i'll have ideas kind of like brewing for a while and um and then i'll write it into a script and then pretty much really just try to make the time to um make those happen and and um but yeah i think it, i think it usually just for me it starts with an idea and then i'll like take the time to write in the script i think i think nowadays it's just I think it's trying to find the time to yeah, actually do, you, do it. And how do you possibly balance those two things? Like the yeah. commercial work and the, the paying commercial work and the creative outlet. Yeah. I haven't done so well lately, but at the same time, I feel like in the commercial world, I think it's been really nice because working on bigger commercial content, I think it actually, you learn how a production should run. You learn the logistics of actually how to run a shoot. And it's actually been really beneficial for me, I think, wanting to move more into film. So when I transition more into film, I already have a lot of these uh, this knowledge and crew members that I worked with and right. just the resources to make actual film happen. Even if we don't have a big budget, I would know how to make it happen and make it happen, um, like like have it organized and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I think... Uh, I think at this point I'm really trying to make the time and be intentional and really like have that creative outlet to be able to pour into stories and whatnot this year. So yeah. doesn't it kind of suck though, because <laughs> the better that you get at it, yeah, then you can't just go quickly make like a fun creative movie. No, you're like, yeah. no, if I'm going to take the time, do something myself, <laughs> man, it's got to be legitimate. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Where before, like when we made films back in the day, it's like we literally just had an idea yeah. and we just ran with it. And nowadays it's like, it's like I probably overthink the idea too much, and then it's like, and then you never then get you outside never, to like actually shoot stuff. Yeah, and then yeah. So, anyways, and I was thinking like I respect that about you, Drew. I think like you you have like your full time job, but you also have all these other side things that you're always like bringing to life. Which I think it's it's hard. It's hard balancing yeah. that with family, with work, with all that. But I think, um, yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard balance. Yeah. To do that. For There's sure. never enough time. You just like have to make it happen. Like this morning, like I just walk in, I'm like get done getting the kids out for school, come in here and like frantically setting stuff up so we could do the show. <laughs> like, and luckily you you were like had to be ten minutes late anyway, so it worked out. But that's how it is. It's just so like, you think that's it? Like just kind of like going for it and just making yeah. It you, you just have to be like, I have no time for this, but I'm just going to do it. <clears throat> and that's good. Whatever, however it turns out is however it turns out. Yeah. Like that's the thing too. Is like like I was mentioning. It's like when you get better at something, you want everything you do, whether it be for fun or for work, you want it to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. And being a, a human with a family, like you just can't expect it to be perfect. Yeah. You just have to expect it to be. Yeah. And I think for <laughs> me, I think I'm somewhat of a perfectionist. So it's like, yeah. I can just like, I'll overthink the thing and I'll just like never happen. So I think, like you said, I think it's just going for it and doing it and 
failing along the way and seeing like, and that's okay, you know, yeah. like, and then something great comes out of it too, but you kind of learn your lessons as you go. Yeah. So. I feel like filmmaking. So I, I'm, I went to film school. I would make films like you guys, like just grab a camera, go out with a couple buddies and like shoot random, random stuff. I feel like film, maybe this, maybe I haven't fully thought this through, but I feel like film lends itself as a medium to being to, to like foster perfectionism mm -hmm. mm. not that other things don't mm -hmm. and maybe it's not for everybody maybe you have to be that sort of have that be that sort of type anyway yeah but i feel like like when i was making films in in school like i was a wreck yeah like, it's like what i wanted to do and i was like overthinking like crazy and trying to pour too much into it and then as soon as i made it i in some in showed it i disowned it like i just yeah I threw it away because i didn't want anything to do with it again like it was weird. It's, like it I think, was I think it's because it's a combination of it's very explicit and it's very permanent. Like if you yeah. think about design, like on the web, yep. like it's super explicit. Like there is nothing left up to like the viewer's imagination. What you see is what you see. Everyone sees the same thing. Same with like video or photos, right? Versus like reading a book, like when you write words, you're kind of leaving it up to the person's imagination. So there's so much more freedom there. Uh, but with like visuals, uh, it's super explicit. And with web design, though, you can always, like, tweak something and post an update and, like, fix, you know, the thing that wasn't quite right. And you can always have yeah. that freedom. But with, like, film, <clears throat> uh, it's permanent. Like, you get right. one shot. Yeah. Exactly what you put out there, the way it looks, is the way it's going to look forever. You yeah. know, so it's, like, super, like, oh, God. Especially when they're narrative-based. <laughs> yeah. You've got this thing that, like, it can always be unpacked. It can always be interpreted. Like, if you designed a website that could be interpreted, like, a different way, you probably designed it badly like yeah, yeah. You, you probably didn't do that right and then it's like on top of that you can not only do you have uh is the actual content shaping that but the form is shaping that the mm. way you frame the shot is shaping that the lighting like everything from from content to context to form itself like the medium itself like all of that is like a tool brush in this thing that you're making mm. and that's like it's it's super cool and it's super empowering and I think that's why that's probably what you like about it. That's definitely what yeah. I liked about it. But like at the same time, that was just like it's intense. Like when you're done, like it's if it wasn't exactly what you wanted, like it's so easy to disown it. That yeah, experience. no, and it's it's easy. well, and it's I think especially with a feature film, like for a director or producer, or whoever's kind of leading that film, it's like you're brewing that idea for such a long time, and it really takes stamina to like keep that vision throughout the whole process because it's, I mean, just even doing commercial work, it's a shorter period of time, like say a month, a couple months or a month. Um, and it's easy to like get really caught up in all the logistics and whatnot and lose sight of the vision of the story you're telling. And I think, um, yeah, I think, I think it has to do with stamina too. Just like, I think that's what keeps a good director is like keeping in line the vision throughout the whole process even when things get stressed. And I was going to say, I think different directors like have different um, styles where I think like David Fincher, or, like um, other people like really have like really think out their shots and like kind of that perfectionism of like, I want it exactly in that way. Right. And then Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I don't, I don't know David or Russell, but somebody like him who did like the fighter, um, those movies, he seems like he's more like in the moment, like flowing with what's going right. on or, yeah. Or, or Peter Berg, who's like, yeah, that the handheld, like, <laughs> yeah, and it's now knock on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no knock on any style, but I guarantee you he didn't like 
it was kind of generally blocked out. Like he didn't, yeah, he didn't think through this has to fit. Yeah. And I think there's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's depends on the person. Like some people think it out more and some people just kind of have it somewhat planned and then go in the moment. Um, I was going to say, I really like the guy. Did you guys see the movie blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling? No, Uh, it was depressing, right? Yeah. Or beyond the pines. Did you hear that movie? I do. That was also Ryan Gosling, wasn't it? But I heard, at least I heard for that film, like they, he literally like put them in an apartment and um, he kind of had a, he had like a outline script of what they wanted to do. But for the most part, like he just let them just interact and capture moments. And I think he want, he maybe nudged them for certain like themes in the movie, but really he kind of just let them do their thing and they kind of captured moments like of them. And I was like, it's, re- it's a really interesting. As an way. actor, that'd be a super cool challenge because oh, you're yeah. kind of like directing the movie. Yeah. Well, and like Terrence Malick, um, this is what I heard, I guess, like on Knights of Cup with Christian Bale, I believe. I don't think, from what I heard, I don't think Terrence Malick actually gave Christian Bale ever a script. Yeah, no. Right? All the people, they would just be like, show up and you're here. And he would, I remember there was, there was a guy who, he wasn't an extra. He was like a side, side character. And I remember watching an interview with him and he was saying, he's like, yeah, he's like, I got there. I had no idea what's going on. I asked people, nobody knows what's going on. And then all of a sudden the director is suddenly in my face with a camera while I'm talking to my wife. And I was having an argument. <laughs> he's like, I was having an argument with my wife. And oh my he's gosh. like, he was right in my face. And he's like, I'm not kidding. He was like inches from my face and like all around. He's like, yeah, that's, that's good. Keep that up. Keep that up. <laughs> like talking. And he's like, yeah, he's like really actually him. fighting with his wife oh on the phone. And like, don't, don't look at the camera. Don't look at me. <laughs> it's like, that's like, I'm like, okay. I mean, that's like, <laughs> that's a totally different way to make a movie and a movie just means there's visuals moving on a screen like so it could be anything right yeah. but at the same time it's like whoa man what a uh what sort of how crazy is it's not Terrence really, t- not really art, telling like, a as a director necessarily you're like you're like taking i guess you're telling a story but you're not like you don't have anything planned out beforehand you don't have like a story you don't have a story you want to tell you're telling a story Based on what you captured in your camera. A, I think he has a theme he wants to tell, right? Yeah, yeah you, but you don't have like a story he wants I don't, to tell. Well, I don't know, but I, I, yeah, I feel like it's more of a theme and emotion he's trying to portray, whether it's marriage or yeah. raising your kids or yeah. whatever it is. But it's, but I don't know how much the actual script is laid out of like dialogue or whatnot. And he's a, he's a great example of like having of somebody who feels feels it out mm-hmm. but then you can't you can't not watch a terrence malick movie and not think that that guy is in complete control the entire time yeah like it's it's such like an expert class in 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 editing in editing but and just in <laughs> in, in movie like in yeah. yeah as a whole like yeah and then there's impressive. like the total opposite end of the spectrum you know from that like super creative stuff to like really mainstream like studio driven movies where uh it's the money men calling the shots yeah, and it's like a very generic uh, story and one that is told, you know, the, almost to the T the exact same as their previous successes, just with different, slightly different visuals yeah. and like all the cheesy things thrown in to get like this demographic to laugh. And then the next one's for this demographic uh-huh. to laugh. You know what I mean? And then it's like these things that are slapped together that, uh, you know, like transformers or something. Well, I think, yeah, and I think, um, I think the people who actually made good films, but like, were in that blockbuster realm. At least my thoughts are like Steven Spielberg. I thought was always good at like making a good film, mm-hmm. at least back in the day. 
um, of uh, well, not that his stuff's bad now. I liked more stuff back in the day. <laughs> New Indiana Jones <laughs> with that super weird lighting style. They're in the middle of the desert at a freaking fence to the like uh. the building, and there's this like film noir like lighting on them, like with harsh. I was like, where is that light coming from? Like, why is it soft focus? Uh, what is going on? And the next scene's like totally different lighting. You're like. What is this oh, world? <laughs> I don't want to knock Spielberg because he's like my idol, but um, Spielberg and then uh, I feel like Christopher Nolan like makes like super good blockbusters, yeah. but that are like good but, films. And I feel like that'd be a hard balance to actually yeah. have. And I feel like both those guys do a good job. Yeah. I yeah. Can, and I wonder how, like, how did they, you know, how did Nolan go from Memento? Yeah. Like, which was an independent and film. High and. Um, I, I think it I following th- I think it's probably in just like any field I think it's like if you're making films that you're passionate about and you kind of keep to that yeah it's like even if you don't have a big but like Memento I'm sure wasn't a big budget um, and I'm sure studios saw that and be like hey you're a really talented story writer like here's a bigger budget for what Batman. was it Batman yeah. or I think that, that had did to be insomnia it. or something like that. Well, let's that. be totally honest here. Yeah. Let's be totally honest. A lot of people suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's someone that could be like super good at visuals or at film. Yeah. But, and this doesn't have to do with sucking, but they just don't know how to put it all together. Yeah. So they'll to... never rise to that level. And they'll always talk like, like, yeah, man, I can make good films. Maybe you can, but you need this guy and that guy and this guy to support you to take over these things because you're not the kind of person that can do it all yourself and make it happen. Right, mm-hmm. and so those people that can't make it happen, it's the same in every single industry, even in de- even in development industry, design industry, it's all the same. There's yeah. always the people that like, yeah, they're really good, but unless they got a team that can like do this and that, the other thing for them, they're never gonna like have you know their own design agency or own company or startup or anything like that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying like a lot of people on the other side actually suck and <laughs> they aren't good even though they can do all that stuff. Yeah. And so there's just like us in every industry, there's just like a small amount of people that are like super good that can also like make stuff happen. When and those think, are the ones that always end up rising to the top. Yeah. They called those auteurs, right? Like in mm. film, like that was the, that's probably what this is. It's probably how, what ties all those people together that we were just saying, Christopher Nolan and, and whoever else, like, it's these people who have this meticulous vision. They have the ability to execute and they have the ability to get the team around they them bring to on pull the right it people. off. Yeah. To, to yeah. say like, this is going to hit exactly what I think, exactly what we yeah. think. And we're going to pull it off. Like Stanley Kubrick, like uh, Orson Welles, like yeah. they had that in them. Or like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Heaven's on high. I, that guy like just made stuff happen. Put him in there. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like everything. I mean, he had, um, why am I forgetting it? Uma Thurman do a shot where blood was going to come out of her mouth and she had to bite down on this rubber, um, basically a water balloon full of blood. Yeah. And so someone, I think it was, I can't remember who it was. Was it Lucy Liu? Uh, hits her with like the sword, the butt of the sword. And Uma Thurman goes like, this, and you're supposed to see the blood like splatter out of her mouth, but the water balloon would never break right. And he did it 160 times. Oh he made them do that over and over. It took all day. Uh, just to get that one shot. And he's like, I could have added it in CGI afterwards, he's like, but I didn't want to. I wanted to be like old school and yeah. like practical. So like that kind of stuff is insane. Um, huh. But the ability to have somebody do that over and over without like feeling bad for the rest of the crew or anybody else and be like, no, man, I'm paying you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what we're doing today. You're getting paid to be here today. So this is what we're doing. And like a lot of people can't even just do that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, 
I think that's about, and I'm trying to find that balance too of like, you kind of not being a jerk, but being, like you said, being persistent on the vision, because I think it's very easy to kind of like, all right, this isn't working out. Let's just go with what we got instead of like pushing somebody and making it a little bit awkward. I think that's something I, I would need to work on because I think it's easy to not, you don't want to make somebody feel bad or you don't want to offend somebody. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a balance of like pushing somebody to what you need to get to make that shot happen. And I yeah. think the director's in charge of doing that. And I don't think anybody else can really make that call. So I feel like the director has to, I mean, the actor can try their best, but it's like the actor has to push them. And I think a lot of actors, even though it might be hard at the end of the day, I would imagine they like to be pushed yeah. beyond what they think they're capable of. Yeah. I think for that, sure. Yeah. Like any, I mean, like any industry, like people, professionals, they want to like push the envelope in general and, yeah. and videos like you were talking about, what you said, blue Valentine, where they're stuck in the yeah. apartment or whatever. Like, that's crazy. That'd be insane as an actor. It'd be, it'd be super fun. I mean, I, I think the hardest thing about being an actor is just like, if you had to do something gnarly on day one of the shoot, especially if you're not like a big name yeah. and you come on and you're like, you have to perform this amazing like thing or super long scene. It's like day one. You don't even know these people <laughs> We're doing the crying scene. Yeah. And it's like, Oh Go. gosh, it'd just be like horrible. But then like, I could imagine, now. I could imagine, you know, after like months of shooting, you'd be like so comfortable with people. It'd be way easier to do that. You wanted stuff. to be an actor. I totally forgot about that. We've talked about that. He wants yeah. to be an actor. You still want to. Yeah. yeah. It's still alive. Yes, it the is, dream alive. is alive. So I've just got to hurry up and make a bunch of money in tech <laughs> so I can then switch over. Yeah, you can. I'm s- getting closer to my 40s. <laughs> got to switch, but I'm I'm fine with that because 40s is around the time when people get all the good roles and stuff. So I think uh, I was gonna say regarding acting, I think especially just working on the few like narrative commercial stuff I've worked on with actors, I th- it's interesting because you're working in such a high stress atmosphere, like where it's like there's a shooting schedule. The assistant director is like, "All right, we got to go, we got to go." Like you're losing daylight, whatnot, and then it's like you're getting a shot, then you have to go work with your actor and be like, all right, we're doing this scene and go. Like, I feel like, I feel like that would be hard for the actor. And then it's, I feel like as the director, I think what I'm learning and I think the act is like creating a safe atmosphere for your Mm -hmm. actors to act in Mm -hmm. when you're in a high stress environment, like a shoot, because when you see the final product of a film, you don't know, you don't know all the stress that was on the shoot that day and all the camera broke down or whatnot that the, everybody's dealing with so um like child actors they like when they're doing commercials they make well i'm talking like really little kids they want the kid to perform well so they have to make it like super comfortable so yeah. the kid gets like a plate of candy and like he gets his hair fluffed you know i mean just like they treat him like a king or or, or a queen uh just so that way they'll you know feel super comfortable <laughs> they do that for every actor shouldn't yeah, be just kids i know <laughs> Here's, I want candy. Here's a thousand dollars. We've left my hair, <laughs> king style. Yes, yes. What? Well, and I've even I've been on some sets where, like, a film I think is different because you don't have a client. Where with like when you're working on a big commercial, you have like agency there, you have the client there, which could be like. Well, if it's a big film, you could have the studio execs. There. You could, yeah. yeah. So I think it's like protecting the atmosphere. Like so, like certain sets I've been on, like we'll have the agency like or clients like outside, like viewing the monitor, like included in it. But it's like, if it's like an emotional scene, you can't have like right. 50 people in the room watching them. You want to protect the atmosphere as a director and, and for your actors to be able to perform well. So I think, um, I think, yeah, I think it's interesting. Yeah. 
I remember listening to um, an interview with uh, Good Gravy. I can see her face. I'm suddenly forgetting her name. She is um, so the Big Lebowski woman. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. There we go. Which actually isn't her real name. Um, that's it what, is. That's why you couldn't think of it. It's not a real name. Oh. She chose it because the the SAG list. There was already a Julianne Moore. Oh, interesting. Or, or there was already a whatever her real name is, so she had to go choose Julianne Moore. Just like there's so, so many people that don't have their real name just because the SAG is like is like MySpace. It's like a username, and once the username is taken, taken. Yeah. you can't use it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Are so, you serious? So luckily, I could. I, there You're still good? is. I they have a database you can check. Drew Wilson is still available. Hurry. But Andrew Wilson is not available. Oh. Um. So yeah, I would have to hurry. <laughs> or you could use. So I have to get hired real quick on a on a SAG like uh, uh, just to get pr- on production. The list. So then then I have to go apply and I have to prove that there's a job that I'm getting paid for, and then they actually put you on the list. Yeah, easy. and then you're on the list. Hmm. Um, uh, but, interviewed Julianne Moore. Oh yeah, so she she had this. She there was a scene I can't remember what movie it was from. She had to um, run down this huge flight of stairs, like kind of think of like. Link, um, like uh, Washington D.C. or Lincoln Memorial stairs, like a ton of stairs. She had to like run down the all rock, these Rocky Balboa stairs. Kind yes, of. she had to run down a bunch of stairs and then land or like you know throw herself onto this dead dude's body. I don't remember if it was like her husband or what is supposed to be in the story. And like sob and cry, and she said it was so hard because it was like the first week of shooting, oh. and she had to run down in heels. And she the whole time she's running, she's concentrating on not tripping and falling. And then when she gets and jumps down, she's so out of breath. And she has to suddenly like be emotional and cry. <laughs> and then she's like, I just couldn't do it. And then after the first time I couldn't do it, I was so nervous and like, like petrified. And the director's like, okay, go do it again. She had to come do it again. She's like, we spent like all day and I, I never ended up actually crying uh, <laughs> for the shot. Wow. And so she just like, she said, I had my head down and like, like pretended to cry and everything, but she couldn't make it happen, <laughs> which is insane. Cause she's like, super good and you know she's cried many times in other movies so yeah um, i feel like an actor's job is very you have to be very vulnerable like yeah. it's and you have to put up like as a director it's kind of like you're putting your vision out and you have to be somewhat vulnerable but an actor you're kind of like putting it all out there and like yeah you have to give them props yeah so what is um the first movie you're gonna make me feature yeah um hmm. That's a good question. star wars 12 <laughs> You're going to be like Colin Trebro. I'm going to make Safety Not Guaranteed, a little teeny itty bitty budget movie about nothing, yeah. and then Jurassic Park. <laughs> Jurassic World. Jurassic, yeah, Jurassic World. And he's, doing, and he's doing nine, right? He is. How crazy is that? So I guess be going back. You made one movie. Sorry, you, you're going to answer this question oh, no. in a second. I don't really know the answer. <laughs> you can think about it for a second. But how crazy is like, I think the reason that, every, or the reason that I'm super excited about what Star Wars is doing right now is because they actually are reaching out and whoever's in charge in the brain trust is actually like entrusting people like Gareth Edwards and Kathleen Kennedy. And yeah, but like who, who knew she was going to, who's going to put all their trust in like a canon, you know, star, a episode in Gareth Edwards, or I guess he had Rogue One, but in Ryan Johnson, like Ryan, how sweet well, Ryan, is that? Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised the guy who did Lost World. I mean, I guess Lost World or Jurassic World was a pretty big budget. That seems the, that one is the one that sticks out. That one doesn't necessarily fit, but I mean, like when you give Rogue One to yeah. Gareth Edwards and you mm-hmm. give episode eight to Ryan Johnson. Yeah. And then what's his name? Uh, Trank was originally going to do maybe episode nine from uh, Chronicle. Oh, okay. That guy, mm-hmm. but then he something happened with the studio or whatever. But it's like I think it was it's super cool 
what they're doing now, giving mm-hmm. like these super visionary people who've yeah. done these awesome things, uh, free reign over an episode. I'm sure it's not free reign cause it's Disney and it's yeah. Star Wars and it's billions of dollars, but yeah. saying, bring your vision, do your thing with this. Yeah. And you know, it's going to pay off. Yeah. Like, you know, episode yeah. eight is going to be insanely awesome, which I think is smart because I mean, I think if like, if, if I was to like say ever work on like a trilogy of movies, I feel like it'd be hard because it's such a long-term investment and it's like to keep that passion alive yeah. for that story, I feel like would be a little bit hard. So it's, I feel like it's almost smart that they're picking different directors to do different chunks of the, or like Peter Jackson who did the there? three Lord of the Rings and then the three hobbits, like which the Lord of the Rings, the first three Lord of the Rings yeah. were awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I the Hobbit was all right. <laughs> Hobbit, yeah. I thought I thought I, the, I thought the first three Lord of the Rings were better. There. I feel like oh, he yeah. I feel like he shot more natural areas, like in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but for the first Lord of the Rings, and I feel like a lot of the Hobbit was like on blue screen or green mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, it was yeah d- different settings for sure. Um, well, we are about at the end of it. He has to answer the question. First. Oh yes, oh. oh yes. You almost got out of it. <laughs> what are you gonna? Um, what sort of thing would you want to make? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a specific story. I think the stories I resonate towards are things that probably are a little bit more like, um, probably a little bit more towards like a drama, maybe like mixed with like a little bit of comedy in it. But like something that, something that feels like authentic, that feels real, that people can resonate with. And like, I like stories that show people's hurt and show um, people's, I don't know, just normal have seen, people's have lives. Have you seen the kids are all right or the kids will be all right? I didn't. With uh, Robert that. De Niro? Oh, yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That's like that kind of But movie. I think it's like showing that, but also like bringing hope into that as well. Of like, So I think, I don't know what that story looks like yet. But, cool. But yeah. Very human film. Very human. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's what I resonate towards. Yeah. That's cool. What are you going to make, uh, Karen? I make a movie called uh, Arrival. Oh, <laughs> Arrival! Did, did you guys like it's Arrival? All about my, it's yeah. all about my in-laws coming to my house yeah. when they want to spend. I, I finally saw it. I did. Uh, oh, you did? I rented it. Yes. It's a good movie. Just so we could, oh, just so we could talk it. about it at some point. Yeah, it was. Uh, I thought it was very good. I thought. Did you watch I mean, it loud awesome. enough to understand the director? Yeah, Denny Villeneuve. Yeah. Villeneuve. Did you watch it loud enough to feel it? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I blasted it. No, I thought it was really good, and I uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. I thought it was going to be a little more like sci-fi for being like yeah. an alien movie. And it wasn't. It's not it, really sci-fi. It's, it's Villeneuve, right? Like it's yeah. about the humans in this. Yeah. It's like Sicario or, or uh, yeah. prisoners or whatever. Like it's, it's the, it's the aliens arriving version of, of his version of that, which is awesome. I thought it was really cool that this might, this is going to be spoilery. Um, Spoiler. Spoilers. Um, the fact that, uh, the title of the movie refers less to the aliens and more to her child, uh, which is awesome. I didn't think about that. It's the arrival of her child. Like, yeah. that's, that's the final, like, I didn't even catch moment. on that one, man. That's sweet. There's, I love when movies there's do a that. Lot of I things. love when they throw you the, yeah. and I love the fact that the movie itself is shaped like one of the, mm. uh, one of the symbols, like the fact that you get all the information, like, mm. non-linearly. Yeah, yeah. Like it knows how it. It ends was like a good callback to like, like you see memento. the kid. Yeah, you see you see her kid, and then it's you because you don't think all at once. Yeah, you you assume like oh that kid happened first. Yeah, but it's it's 
it's all yeah. happening. What's the exact same way that they they communicate? The aliens communicate. It's yeah. It was. I loved it. I Pretty just cool. yeah. I, I just watched it again. I won't say what happened at the end, but like every I think both I ru- times I ruined like, it. So both times, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Both times I watched it, like it, like I like, cried at the end, like it like hit me hard because it's yeah. just. I think just the human element of Did it. Did you see it in the theater? I saw it in theater, and then Gosh, I just, just rented like, it again. Just like in your chest. Moves well, I, I'm not going to say what happened, but even though you kind of already did, I but I feel it. like you. I when I watched the movie, actually, it was like, what's the story of this, and like, why do they keep showing these images throughout the film? Yeah, I just thought it was like just random, just trying to show human nature or just hum, humanity. I just thought it was just kind of thrown in there. Mm-hmm. And then when it all then ties together out, like, at what? the end, you're like. Oh wow! Like, yeah, it hits you hard. and that goes back to like as a as a medium, film yeah. can do things that other artistic mediums can't. It literally structured could the you, film. Could you the imagine way writing that, a book like that? No, I mean, yes, you could. But like, you would be so lost. You could. I feel like you'd be more. But lost. But like, it's so it's so sweet that you can literally structure the film yeah. the way that one of the symbols, like the language mm-hmm. symbols, is structured. That's literally what he did, and he intercuts these nonlinear pieces that you don't you don't understand because you don't speak that way, you don't think through time that yeah. way. And that's the, literally how the he writer, edited the film. The writer has an article that he wrote all about how he got the movie made. Hmm. Super interesting because he's actually taking somebody else's work, like written work. Yeah, it was a like, short story. Yeah, like kind of like repurposing and like expanding upon it um, and creating that. So like. He actually those alien symbols those were in his screenplay like printed on uh, printed on the page on the screenplay boom right on the page because he's like he's like when I'm going to show uh, this to people I need them to like understand what yeah. this alien language is so That's he like smart. actually uh, he actually drew it on a piece of paper created like uh, scanned it in and then you know in Photoshop put it into really? his little document yeah. and the design was, yeah the designs are really cool but I think I think what's special about Film is just like you're mixing so many different mediums. You're mixing music. You're mixing cinematography. You're mi- mixing art direction of like people who like decorate the sets. Writing. Like writing. You're mixing all. And then visual effects. Like you're mixing all these different things into one format. And I think, and then you, it really is a team environment where you, have, you literally, you can try to do it by yourself, but you bring in, like you said, like the, all the right people to make that happen. And I think that's why I really like it because it's like we're designed. Design's cool, but it's like it's literally like maybe it's a smaller team, but it's like yeah. you, there's literally so many things going into a film, which I think makes it special. Yeah, I agree. And now he's t- he's now getting the keys to Blade Runner and Dune. Yeah, how insane is that? Oh, Dune, you got yeah, damn, insane. Yeah. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. You know it's gonna be good. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for sticking with us at Narwhals. That's all we got for right now. I do want to mention um, that this whole thing is sponsored by Plasso. That's my company. Plasso. Plasso. So make sure you go to Plasso.com. Check us out. Um, if you want to start or grow your business online, that's what we help you do. So go to Plasso.com. Do it. Check us out. Garrett, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, Welcome. Thanks, Thank you, guys. That's fun. And we will see y'all next time. See you guys.